0: Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 915.
1: Remember, it's just dumb metal. This is Cars
0: Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up, I'm really revved up, and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Kevin Pranger. Hey, Kevin, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am. All right. Kevin Pranger is the director of motorsports at KTEC. Kevin started at KTEC when he was only 15 years old, and he's been there ever since, a rare dedication for someone in the racing world. KTEC was founded in 1977, and they provide their customers with innovative products and cutting-edge technologies in the area of engine design, prototyping, testing, R&D, manufacturing, and vehicle modifications. During his years in school, he worked as an apprentice engine builder, and after years of training under KTEC's veteran builders, he was offered the opportunity to manage one of the General Motors engine programs, and it was Chevrolet's SCCA Trans Am class. That was 1991. There he developed the 310 CID V8 with which they won the championship, he's managed GM's road race programs and went on to develop an engine for what was the beginning to the most successful road racing program in GM's history. And he was promoted to the director of motorsports at KTEC after that. So, Kevin, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment to share a little bit more about your career and your obvious passion for automobiles and engines?
1: Yep, absolutely. I, I was mechanical from the day I was born, I believe. Uh, <laughs> I was always wanting to tinker with things and, and building things. And uh, the whole automotive thing, you know, I didn't know motorsports was it at 15 years old. And most people don't know what they want. They can't even figure out what car they want. But, uh, <laughs> yes. you know, I, was, I had the opportunity to, to be around it and took that opportunity and, and ran with it. And that's basically the story. Work my way up. I went out and made the positions I was in along the way because our company was growing as well. And uh, here I am, 34 years later, I believe it is. Wow. And just living a dream. I tell people all the time, you know, it sure beats working for a living.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, this is the great thing about having people like you on cars, yeah, is you figured out your passion very early on and you went after it and you made your own success. And I think it's a fantastic story. We're going to learn a lot more about you and k Tech as we move through the questions. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra, something that has some meaning for you, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So Kevin, take the wheel.
1: Okay, uh, I've got a couple, they're in my bio, but I will bring them up. Uh, one comes from my father, good things aren't cheap, and cheap things aren't good. <laughs> yes. You know, there's posters around, never give up, to finish first you must first finish. And then uh, I heard one later on in my career that I, I adhere very much to all the time. And, uh, it's an engineer without data is just another a hole with an opinion. So, you know, the combination of those three things I think kind of suit me in parts of my success story.
0: Yeah, well, no doubt and you know, based on what you people are creating there at K-Tech, I mean, you've got to be spot on because you've got entire racing teams counting on what you've done and one little flub here or there can really make things a mess. And and I love your your father's comment. My father taught me a very similar thing. He said, "You know what?" If you can't afford the best, wait and save up until you can, because in the long term, you will always be happier instead of being uh, antsy and just buying something right up front because you can buy it at that time. So uh, I have a feeling that's a lot about what K-Tech is all about, is doing things right, correct?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Perfect. There's always time to do it over, there's never time to do it right.
0: You know? <laughs> yeah. There's another one. You're you're full of golden nuggets today, Kevin. I like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Well, let's go back in time and have you share a story that instigated your passion for cars. I'm guessing that your mom would walk in and you were taking appliances apart when you were a little kid and lawnmowers and things like that. But is there a pivotal uh, really? moment? <laughs> is there a pivotal moment? No,
1: no. You just hit the, just hit the nail on the head. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was about eight years old and my mom and dad were divorced. We didn't have any money. And she had this rickety old lawnmower. And I got the newspaper out, and I'm in the garage, and I take the whole entire engine apart. It's (laughs) laying out, and she comes home from work. Kevin, what have you done? Oh, my God, we can't afford another lawnmower. And oh, my, you know. Yeah. In the course of the week, I put it all back together and went on to cutting the grass that weekend. And at that moment, you know, she was like, oh, my gosh. she had to tell all her friends and neighbors, you know, look what Kevin did. He took this apart and put it back together, and yada, yada. And I guess that was kind of, you know, that was kind of the beginning because yeah. after that, all I wanted was a mini bike. <laughs> of I mean, course. That's, that's all I wanted. Prayed, slaved for, saved every. New, uh, that's all I wanted was a mini bike. And yeah. I think at 10, I, I finally got one for Christmas or something.
0: I can hear you, you saying now to your mom, Don't worry, mom. I got it handled. <laughs> now, my big question is Did she come home and the lawnmower engine was missing and it was in your mini bike?
1: No, actually, that was a uh, a vertical shaft oh, okay. uh, lawnmower <laughs> engine compared to a horizontal. I did conjure in my mind many times of how I could turn the thing sideways yeah. and mount it in there on a go-kart or something else.
0: Yeah, my friend and I, growing up, we got in trouble because we did that. We took his dad's lawnmower and turned it into a go-kart. So, uh, got a little trouble for that. Had to buy him another <laughs> lawnmower, but uh, we had a really fast mm-hmm. go-kart, so that was okay. That worked out well. well mm-hmm. What I want to do now is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down. It sounds like you've made your own success as you moved through your career path, but no doubt you've run up a against a few challenges or maybe even a failure or two. These are things that teach us things. So tell us how that experience, a failure or a challenge, helped you gain even more momentum in your career as you move forward.
1: Well, there are several, but I'm going to bring up one in particular. Not only my passion for engines, this kind of shows my passion for automobiles. You know, I started out being around the road racing, let's try our hand at driving, and started racing go-karts, and I did that for a while until I broke my ribs and decided I better get into a sedan. Actually, before that, I was sand dragging with a car that I built when I was really young, a sand rail, and, and put that to you know competition. That was my first forte into it. And uh, anyways, I went through into the sedans, and I had a friend of mine that wanted to build a tube frame like a GT1 or a trans Am car, mm-hmm. and kind of went through that build-up, and I learned a little more about chassis and such. And then the opportunity came to us at Tech around 2010, and things are kind of tight. And Corvette, we've been done racing with Corvette for a while. We had a guy, he was Russian, but he owned a jeans company in Japan, and he came to us and wanted to build a GT3 Corvette to race in some Japanese 500 series or something. And we knew we weren't going to make a whole lot of money, but we would we would learn a lot about building race cars, something we had never done here and we took the challenge on, and it was it was challenges i mean Mount Everest looks like a mohill I mean, we had seven weeks we'd never built a race car we didn't own one lick of race car fabrication equipment. We bought a notcher and a bender. Luckily, I had a friend that Built a Corvette, GT3 car. He had all the drawings for the tube frame and all that. We Hired some resources to come in. And we worked night and day. This is over the winter, over Christmas. I mean, I worked Christmas Day. I mean, uh, a buddy of mine that worked here as an engine builder, we grew up as friends building things. And we just worked like a 1,000 hours in like six or seven weeks. And we completed the car. We borrowed a truck and trailer. Took it down to Palm Beach. Uh, hired Andy Pilgrim to come out and drive it. Ah, Andy. It down. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Long-time friend of mine. I got a story on Andy as well.
0: But, Uh-oh. Uh, anyways. <laughs> He's been a guest here on Carsha as well, so.
1: Oh, yeah. What a great guy.
0: I want to hear that story, but continue with your GT3 story.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we went through the the engine was a no-brainer. We'd already built several track day LS7s. It was a... C6 Corvette. You know, we did the right thing. We bought a steel frame car. We bought Z06 body panels, you know, so we could build the roll cage. Did a lot of research, worked night and day, got the car all together, got it down there to the test, went flawless, took it over to Miami, put it on a boat, and shipped it off to Japan. The guy raced it, won the first race he entered, and raced it for a few years and decided to change gears car come back to the States and it's here somewhere. I'd like to meet back up with it one day. I'm not quite sure who ended up with it, but uh, I do know it's back here in the States, but what a challenge for us at K Tech! We'd oh, never yeah. built a race car before. We dabbled with shocks and springs or s- stuff like that. But I mean, we put like 200 feet of tubing in this car and it was a legit, at the time... GT3 spec Corvette, you know, bought the right wing from Pratt Miller and, you know, had the aero bits and stuff like that. It didn't have the high-end electronics, but, you know, for the most part, it was a pretty cool little race car.
0: Wow. Well, my takeaway from this story is if you see an opportunity, even though it's a massive challenge and you think you can do it go for it yep and it sounds like something you did despite i would assume during the process there may be with many a night when you said what are we doing this is crazy but uh oh, yeah. kudos to you and the team for pulling something like that off uh, knowing racing as i do i mean that's a, a incredible feat as a first time out because building a race car is very very challenging
1: absolutely very challenging there's a lot of pieces not only the engine which has a lot of pieces to it everything else yeah so yeah, yeah it worked out really well we learned a lot it pushed us you know i don't think we made any money on the have <laughs> broke even but you know what the heck we did it
0: well like i say those are uh Paid internships is what those are. You learn a yep. whole lot of stuff for a break-even point, but those are things you can carry forward to strengthen yourself in the future. So not a bad deal. Not a bad deal at all. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a career aha moment. It's Of course, these are times when the lights illuminate a better path for you, a direction. I think that story you just told is a great aha moment of what you can accomplish. Tell us about another one.
1: Yeah, well, I think it was... You know, I was pretty young, and I think I was still in training, intern as a builder. Maybe a little bit later, when I was actually doing engine builds, I, I just figured out that if if I came into work every day and I moved K Tech forward, that I would move forward. Mm. My career would move forward. Yes. I've always done that. Every day I I come into work and and, and I say it's work. I get paid for it. That's great. But, you know, I'm living a dream here. And if I can move the company forward, then the company will move me forward. Yes. And that was really the light coming on. And you don't see that all the time. And especially kids nowadays, it seems like they never find the light.
0: I love this story in so many ways. One thing is, the fact that you're right. As you pull the business forward, it will pull you forward. And it's a very non-selfish way to think about where you work. And I think too many people, past and present, I don't want to pick on the young folks today, but they're an easy target sometimes, is uh if you're thinking only about yourself and not about the whole organization, which any company is a team, even if there's just two of you in the company, it's a And if you don't pull the whole team forward, there's going to be an anchor pulling it back. And I love the fact that you shared that. My father taught me another great lesson. He said, wherever you work, every day you go in, every minute you're at home, think of that company like it's your own. Are you doing something to support the progress of the company and all of its employees? And that way you will proceed. That's why you've been there for so long. I'm convinced of it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean that's that's my feeling that move the company forward. No yes. matter what it is. It might be very tiny little baby steps some days and it may be great big strides others. But always try and move forward, not pull back and uh and, and think of it as your own company. Yep. I have absolutely. I come in and though I don't own, I never owned a share in K Tech. I always thought of it as my own because yep. if you treat it that way, it'll treat you back.
0: Exactly. I mean, it's even as simple as picking up a piece of trash you see laying in the hallway. Absolutely. Would you leave that trash on the floor if it was your own home? Uh, well, some people might, but uh, let's hope some most. People might. <laughs> let's, let's hope people don't. Well, how about a proudest career moment? I would assume, as long as you've been there, K Tech, you've had many proud moments, many successes with the. Many things that you people do there. But is there one you'd like to share with us today?
1: Well, you know, if you're a road racer, endurance road racer, what's the crown jewel? The 24 Hours of Le Mans. Le Mans yes. So I got to say, though I was there for six of the wins, and every one of them is special. You know, it's got to be that first one, I think. You yeah. know, the first time I went to Le Mans, we did not win. We We only made it 12 hours, and the ring and pinion broke. That was a 96 with the WSC car, and, you know, we really learned a lot. Like, we came out of there saying, you know, we brought a knife to a gunfight, <laughs> and we thought we were badass. We won Daytona and Sebring, and, you know, and, and Lamar was so much different. We learned a lot from that, and when we came back in, in 2000, and uh, we... <sighs> We move forward, you know, and every one of the wins, they, they were they were all very special. But, you know, winning Le Mans in general, conquering Le Mans, though it was only in a GT class, it wasn't the overall win and such, it was still really special. There's a bunch, you know, working with the Earnhardts. You know, that was really cool. Yeah. Just a bunch of different accomplishments. But if you had to lump it all together, you'd have to say it was
0: for Oh, absolutely. Well, congratulations to you and your team for pulling that off. That is a major, major feat in motorsports. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time and talk about you and your first really special car. Tell me a little bit about that vehicle, what it was.
1: Well, I kind of grew up being a lover of blue ovals. Not <laughs> okay. necessarily orange bow ties. <laughs> okay. The orange bow tie thing kind of came with my career because, yep. you know, I didn't intern at, at Roush Yates, you know, or Roush oh, at the yeah. time. I interned at Gate Deck. So, But I always love Fords. And as a kid, you know, I just absolutely loved them. And my first car was a, well, actually, my first car was a 53 Volkswagen, but I was only 14 years old at the time and I tore it apart and used the parts to build my sand rail. But <laughs> My first driver car was a 68 Mustang notchback. Oh, cool. And it came with a Came with a six cylinder in it and I pulled that out and put a V eight in it. Oh and yeah. And went through some transmissions learning you cannot do neutral slams many times. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. You know, learned a lot of le- and then and then and then it was totaled. Yeah. The thing had died on the way to school one morning and, and I got rear ended and oh. uh that was, that, that was was it. I've the... <laughs> never
0: owned another Mustang since. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I had a Mustang. I had a 66, and I uh, really enjoyed that car. It had a 289 in it. It was just a delight to drive. And that thing made the sound. Sa- the motor sounded like a sewing machine, and I mean that in a really positive way. It just tapped and buzzed and just made all the right sounds. Mine was a GT350 clone, so it had been built mm. up just like a white with the blue stripes, of course. But, uh, yeah, yep. wonderful cars. Everybody loves a Mustang. Well, how about seller's remorses? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it goes back along the lines of the Ford. Uh, In high school, I had come across this 70 Ford XL. It was a big car. It was kind of cool because it had a little bit of that fastback shape. It was a sporty version of the LTD. Mm -hmm. And I had got the car. The body was in halfway decent shape, but it was kind of my... My high school project of restoring that, and with very little budget and buying a house and getting married and stuff like that, it, it, it got difficult, but I, pers- I, I pushed on, and I, I kept working away at it whenever I could, and finally got it in primer. The body was pretty straight, and it was running, and drove it to work a few times, and it wasn't ideal, and there's a lot of things that would change, but it was a complete car, and I sold it because money got tight or whatever it was, you know. Yep. And I kinda wish I would have kept it. I know, you know, you run across guys like, Yeah, I got my very first car, or, you know, one of their young in their career type vehicles and they've kept it and they yeah. moved it from garage to garage and house to house or whatever it might be and they still have it and then maybe eventually they get back to it and get the love on it. But that <laughs> car went away. And luckily, I sold it to a friend of mine. And this is (laughs) is the really uh, sad part is that I helped them paint it and finish the car. (laughs) Oh, well,
0: at least it was a (laughs) friend, you know. I mean, that makes it a little bit special. But,
1: yeah, I I understand. It's kind
0: of like buying a party dress for the girlfriend that that breaks up with you and your buddy gets to take her to the party.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, anyways, I did get to see it, drive in it, drive it. For a little while until he got older and wanted to get married or whatever it might be and sold it off as well. Yeah, his
0: stories, they're all the same. There's always life changes. There's other ways to to look at things. Well, I want you to tell our listeners a little bit more about K-Tech. What kind of things are you guys working on right now that have you really excited and fired up?
1: Well, uh, you know, Tech. over the years, we started out as just an engine build company, and through the desire for diversification and other things, we've developed into really three divisions. We have manufacturing with a building full of CNC machines, we have the engine shop, and then we have our street performance division. Which started out, I actually helped out engineering-wise in that in the very beginning uh, when I had some extra resources. And we built the first, we called it the Street Attack Z06. And it was for a guy named Dick Barber, famous race car driver in oh, yeah. the past. Yeah. And we built the very serial number of 01 for him tell you how many times I put that car together and took it back (laughs) apart trying to get it right. We finally got it right and shipped it off and all that. Anyways, and I worked with Caleb Newman, who's at PD Design right now, but we kind of got that up and going, developed a few parts, our tensioner. We did a shifter for, I mean, it's just a small handful of parts that we would build in-house in manufacturing and sell... At the time, we didn't have the online store, but eventually brought that up to speed, and that really helped to grow that and the success of the Corvette Racing. So, you know, just excited about street performance and where it's growing. Went through the C5 to the C6, now the C7, looking forward to the C8, you know, all these different versions of Corvettes. Camaro owners, you know, more packages, now the C5 kind of opened the, or the, The fifth gen opened the door. Now the sixth gen, we're getting those cars in, developing a lot of cool uh, different products there, our CNC porting service. Now we port every LS and LT head we have CNC port programs for, you know, stuff like that. So the growth in that department, great. Manufacturing was always kind of a support. It was kind of a, you know, a way to support the rest of K-Tech businesses, but it's growing as well. And then engine-wise, you know, we're racing all over. That passion with, with the Trans Am program and such, and Trans Am, you know, kind of dwindled in the 90s down to almost nothing in early 2000s, and then they kind of built it back up. We got involved in TA2 with Mike Miller in the very beginning of that, developed the LS3 engine for Trans Am, and uh, we've built over 65 of those engines so far. The wow. The Chevrolet LS3 TA2, we've probably got over 20 different customers. That, uh, we're you know, any given Trans Am weekend, we'll have between a third and half the field will have Tech engines.
0: <laughs> Very end. nice. So
1: that was really cool. This year, we took on, uh, well, actually, I'll back up about three years. And there was this young kid, and he was racing in World Challenge in uh, Miata, I think it was, like b or one of those classes. And he'd been winning races and man this kid's like fourteen, fifteen years old. It's unbelievable. You know, he's racing against pros and stuff and they came over to Trans Am and they had at the time it's T A four now, I forget what they call it, American muscle or something mm-hmm. and he was gonna run a Camaro. So i have been kinda soliciting his dad, Hey, we wanna we wanna get involved, you know, your son is really you know, he's he's Quite the shoe at the young age, good publicity, you know. And so we finally struck a deal. We did him an engine for free or close to free or something, and he went out and won the championship. So then he did it again (laughs) the following year, and then he switched to a Mustang. So we had to start playing around with these Coyotes. Well, it was last year at Mid-Ohio. He was racing the Mustang, and the dad and I were talking, and he's like, you know, I think we're going to go into TA1 next year. Mm. with junior. And I'm thinking, he's driving this 400-horsepower Mustang in Camaro. And now he's going to jump into this 800-horsepower tube frame. You know, this thing's a rocket ship. He's going up against, you know guys like rj lopez and amy rumen and uh, i don't know but okay if you guys want to do it we're we're there with you so we started building those engines this year and and the kid went and won won the championship <laughs> won 10 out of 13 races
0: well, let's mention that kid's name
1: ernie francis jr there you go <laughs>
0: okay <laughs> for those yep. of you who didn't know i wanted to make sure we, we throw that out to uh to him because <laughs> uh what a skilled driver and the fact that he jumped from one class and just like tripled his, his class status and then went on to win is, is pretty pretty darn amazing
1: pretty amazing he, he really is k-tech's been glad to support him and and help to see you know a young man come up through the racing ranks and and you know wherever he goes off we probably won't be building engines for him you know the rest of his life but we were there you know with the groundwork and uh Really proud and really amazing. So a lot of other things, road racing, probably World Challenge, doing engines there. We're doing, hopefully, we've got an IMSA deal, which is going to be any day now that'll be announced what we'll be doing there. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah. You're, you're busy. Yeah, you're lots of exciting things going on here. K-Tech.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. And I'll remind our listeners that Ernie Francis Jr. is going to be a guest here on Cars Yeah, Not Too Distant Future. So make sure you look for that, and we can learn a little bit more about him from the horse's mouth, as they say. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Kevin. If you were a car, what kind of car would Kevin be, and why?
1: Oh, boy, you really racked my brain <laughs> on this Good.
0: one. Good. That's that's the whole idea behind that question.
1: Well, I'm not flashy. Okay, that's cool. (laughs) And I consider myself very versatile. All right. But I do like to have a little bit of class. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I kicked it around between a pickup truck, you know, maybe a fancy pickup truck. Yeah. Or... The current vehicle that my wife and I actually were, tomorrow we're buying another one, but the Buick Enclave. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) As corny as that (laughs) sounds, that vehicle is one of the nicest, most versatile. You can fold the seat down. You can fill it full of two-by-fours. You can attach my sand rail to the back and go to the sand dunes, you know. There you go. It's just, and it's a nice vehicle, you know. The Buick over the Chevy stuff, you know, it's not a Cadillac. But it's not a Chevrolet. So, you know, I kind of fit in between (laughs) in the middle there.
0: (laughs) Well, I appreciate you thinking that through. I think that works quite nicely. (laughs) A man of many talents. Well, Kevin, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Carja sponsors. Well, we're into December now and the holidays are here. And if you have an automotive enthusiast on your list that's hard to buy for, get them a Covercraft gift card. They can go and order anything they want from the Covercraft website. All sorts of things are there, including car covers, dash covers, seat covers, sunscreens, front-end protection, floor mats, canine covers, work truck, power sports covers. There's everything there for the automotive enthusiast to take care of their special vehicles. I've been a Covercraft user since 1975. That's right. All the way back to high school. So go to Covercraft.com, click on the gift card button, order it in any denomination you'd like. You can put it in the mail, they'll ship it for you, stick it in a stocking, and you'll make somebody very happy. That's Covercraft.com, Covercraft gift cards at Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered, commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage go to metrongarage.com that's metrongarage.com garage is built for discerning enthusiasts where it's not just a garage it's where your dream garage comes true All right, Kevin, we're back and we're entering the last lap. You've been around enough racetracks to know what that means. The white flag's out. Time to put our foot into it. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions here and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: Remember, it's just dumb metal.
0: <laughs> That's the first
1: I've heard that, but I like it.
0: Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years?
1: Uh, it's a balance of being realistic versus optimistic.
0: Mm, very nice. Now, how about a resource? There are lots of great resources out there, just like K-Tech, but is there one you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Well, it's actually one I created myself, and you know, when you go online and you download a catalog, a PDF, and you wait five minutes and you get it, and a week later you want it back, well, I started saving them all. I created a directory (laughs) called my supplier catalog directory, just like you used to have, and I save them all and I can go back and reference them.
0: And now I've been trying to teach my wife how to do that with recipes instead of printing off all these paper recipes that float all over the house. But uh, if she's listening right now, she's going to walk in the room and come, to get me, so we'll move on to the next question. All right. If you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, if I could arrange for that, living or deceased, who would that person be?
1: Well, I've met many and uh, one I haven't and, and I've always been just Love is Energy, is John Force. Oh, yes. He would be fun to chat with.
0: I would love to have him on the show, and I just reached out to his daughter. She's going to be a future guest on the show. She just won the championship, which is pretty darn cool. So, yeah, talk about a fast family. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Well, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy?
1: Yeah, it's a racing book, but it's about life, and it's called The Art of Racing in the Rain.
0: Yeah, Garth Stein. Yeah, Garth has been a guest here on the show, and that is the most recommended book by my guest by far. Uh, a close second is A.J. Baim's Go Like Hell, the famous story between the uh, Cobras yeah. and the Ferraris. Yeah, I got a chance to meet him, Garth. Great guy. I met him at a book signing and convinced him to be a guest here. And uh, listeners, you can go back and listen to that talk on the Cars yeah website page. Well, listeners, I'll remind you, you can find links to all these great resources that Kevin has been so kind to share on his Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Kevin Pranger, P-R-A-N-G-E-R. That page will pop up with all the links, including a link to k Tech, so you can learn a lot more about what that great company's doing. All right, Kevin, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question, it's a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world today, but money's no object. But you've got to keep it. You've got to drive it. I would like for you to enjoy it. So what would that dream car be?
1: 68 Mustang Fastback. Oh, we're back
0: to the Mustang.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Just always love that 67, 68 body style. And of course, it would have to have a big block and... I don't know if it'd be a stick shift or automatic, but that would be it. I would keep that thing forever. There
0: you go. Now, so that I get you the right car, what color would you like?
1: I'm going to have to go with the original white with the blue stripe. There you go.
0: I love it. Just like the old 66 I had. Great combination. Wimbledon white. I love it. Well, Kevin, you've taken yep. us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for being a guest here on Cars Yeah! and sharing your automotive journey with our listeners. Could you offer us one little piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset and that 68 Mustang Fastback?
1: Always tell the truth. <laughs> yes.
0: My mom told me that when I was a little boy. She said, you know why that's important? Not only is it ethically and morally right, but you never have to remember what you said. <laughs> so, exactly. 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 What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and k
1: dot com on our website. Or follow our newly formed, uh, the K-TECH Network.
0: And where will they find the newly formed K-TECH
1: Network? www.tkn.com.
0: All right. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources on Kevin's show notes page on the Cars website. Kevin, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars audience. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road.
1: Thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate your time and uh, questions and the opportunity to be on your uh, awesome uh, collection of Cars Yay.
0: All right. Thank you. The pleasure was all mine. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at mark.carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to carsyeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun.